3: And John McMullen.
0: And here we go, here we go!
3: Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365.
4: Good morning, Birds Nation. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Uh, J-Mac, the countdown is on to the NFL trade deadline, now less than eight hours away. Want to kick around a couple of rumors with you. With the Phillies being rained out last night, it gave us the opportunity to watch Monday Night Football, but truth be told, uh, I was kind of disappointed. I thought the Bengals were a uh, Super Bowl contender again. They looked like anything but, and the way the uh, Browns used at least one player last night, it makes a question whether he will be on the trade block for today. What do you do with your bad self after you left the show here on Birds365? <clears throat>
5: Yeah. Uh, watched, uh, a little bit of, uh, Monday night football, as you mentioned, watched a little bit of, uh, Monday nights raw as I'm apt to do. I tend to toggle back and forth, but you bring up, uh, the, the Bengals. I mean, that to me, I'm with you. I think that's a pretty good football team, obviously a good young quarterback. Uh Um, you know, they made the Super Bowl last season. Um, a lot of positive things, but that's another indication of why the Eagles are so good. Everybody has these games. Everybody in this league has these games, except one team so far. Uh, so when you look at the schedule and say they should beat this team, they should beat that team. Well, trust me, people in Cincinnati are saying, well, the Bengals are going to beat this struggling Browns team. Yeah. with no Deshaun Watson, Jacob, and look what happens. That's another indication of how good,
4: this eagles team has been the undefeated (laughs) philadelphia eagles exactly right and it uh, lends a little credence to as much as we appreciate aj brown and the big day he had yesterday and i hear on the show said he might be the biggest acquisition during this past off season of any in a league where it's all dominated the conversation and the belief that you go only go as far as your quarterback takes you oh look what aj brown's doing in philadelphia in Jamar Chase, you can make an argument for MVP because the week before with Chase in the lineup at uh, 35 points in the first half, 350 yards passing for Burrow. Ooh, you take out Jamar Chase. That the offense didn't even look pedestrian last night for the Bengals. Uh So uh, that too is also telling for a Philadelphia Eagle guy. And that's hey.
5: another thing. You got to be, you know, injuries in this league, man. One player can turn things in, in a drastic direction. And, you know, Jordan Davis is the first, uh, and he doesn't play a lot and I'm not trying to compare him to Jamar Chase out in Cincinnati. Who's, you know, the crocs of their playmakers, but, um, still important for what he does in his role with the Eagles. And we're going to have to see how they handle him. Nick Sirianni won't admit he did admit he's probably not going to play Thursday, but he wouldn't admit anything much further than that. Uh, He's going to be out for a couple weeks. And, you know, I think the key is if they put him on injured reserve, you know, it's four games. If they don't, they'll they'll think he has a chance uh, to get back a little bit quicker. But um, either way, he's going to miss a couple games at the bare minimum. And he's that's that's it's a big deal. I've been talking about it. It's a domino thing. It's it's not it's a little bit esoteric, but it affects things in a lot of ways.
4: You're right. It's as much the fact that Jordan makes the plays that he makes in the amount of snaps that he plays. But it's the fact that it probably is going to change their overall philosophy on how they align across the front of the defensive line. uh, Will they play five down? If they do, how are they going to align? Is it going to be a different type of five down defensive lineman? You're right. Perfectly described as a domino effect because you get a chance to talk to Mr. Gannon today. I think he'll do a Nick Sirianni and play his cards very close to the vest. I don't think he'll give you any actual actionable in, uh, intel, uh, but I know you guys will ask for it. And that is uh, the first pretty significant injury because they've had guys, uh, Clay's been out of games, uh, uh, Slay's been out of games. They've had guys get hurt in game, but a guy who's going to miss multiple games going forward, this is probably the biggest injury that the Eagles have had all year. Um, all right, as I said, John, we're down to... Seven hours and change before the trade deadline. We know Harry Roseman made the deal last week. They had Robert Quinn. He did play week one. They got him right in there and they played. Didn't really do anything. Didn't come up with any tackles or any significant pressures, Uh, but he did get in and got some action, which is a good sign going forward for the rest of the year. It did cut into the, we, we speculated correctly. The guy who was going to be affected was probably Brandon Graham more than anyone else and Graham's snaps were limited this past week in the game. Now, he had a hamstring issue before the game, so I don't know how much that cut into his time, but it is something that's uh, worth monitoring. A uh, number of snaps from a G, who I don't see how you can possibly complain about the way that he's played. He's come back, had a phenomenal return year off the uh, big injury last year. Uh, but that's Howie Roseman being Howie Roseman. He likes to be aggressive. When a team is good, he is going to try and add pieces that can help them win right away. He's got seven-plus hours to get something else done and add another piece to the Eagles. What piece do you think that's going to be, J-Mac?
5: Running back, I think, is still most likely, even though – um I don't necessarily agree with that. That seems to be the position that how he thinks improvement needs to be made. And maybe it comes down to more than that is, you know, a lot of times we just assume you know what you need is available. Maybe he's not comfortable with any of the backup safeties. Nobody's looking to trade cornerbacks who can play. So um you know, maybe that player's just not available. Running backs, because of the position, because of people in the way they look at it, 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 you know, not only can you get good ones, you can get good ones of value. So maybe it has to do with more of that. So you've heard the names and Kareem Hunt and David Montgomery. And the the, the most interesting one to me that's popped up in the, in recently is Naheem Hines, because this coaching staff loves them uh, from their time in Indianapolis. And I, I can't help but think, that comes from the Eagles, you know, almost naïve minds in the fact that the rumor popped out because the Eagles want them uh, to be available. Um, and that would be the, I would think, the perfect fit for what they're looking for, what they want. Um, and then would come Hunt. And it was interesting. Ra- I think it was Ralph uh, Bakiana, who you probably know, was a New York-based no, Ralph. Writer, oh, yes, uh, for many years. Very good um he had mentioned the Eagles interest in in Kareem Hunt which makes sense but he said he's probably available for a fourth round pick which he probably is but the Eagles don't have a fourth round pick at, at least until 2024 so it's tough to get teams to say hey we, we'll give you a fourth round pick but you got to wait uh an extra year that's very very tough to do so they have some hurdles in the fact that they've already traded those mid mid round picks, so they got to be a little bit more creative. And then the one potential move out: look, if somebody wants to give them a third round pick for Andre Dillard, I think they'll they'll listen very, you know, intently. Uh, but it would have to be a third round pick. Um, and maybe player for player. Maybe that's how you get inventive. If you really want Kareem Hunt, um, I Cleveland's got a very good offensive line, so I don't know if that's necessarily a fit. But you you got to get inventive. You got to get inventive. And, and, you know, it's more difficult than people probably realize.
4: And when I tuned into the Monday night game last night, I was kind of surprised to see Kareem Hunt and not only playing, but actively uh, included in the game plan last night, getting carries, getting the ball thrown to him out of the backfield. If Cleveland was really uh, close to trading him, I think that he's got to, he's got to be in bubble wrap last night. That if you think that you can get what you want in exchange for him, you don't want to run the risk that he's going to come up injured in that game last night. Now he didn't to the Browns credit. They win the game. They, they, at least technically stay in the mix as a divisional uh, challenger in the AFC North and Hunt went out, played well enough to if someone had questions about whether he's worth what the other team is asking for, he looked pretty good to me last night and he came back 100% healthy. So I give a tip of the cap to the Browns, even if I was surprised by it, they did put him somewhat at risk last night. Um, Do you think Kareem Hunt gives the Eagles what they want. If uh, they're putting an emphasis on ability to make the plays, catching the ball out of the backfield, he's pretty good at it. Is he, if, if both teams can agree on what the value should be, does he come in here and do what they need him to do?
5: Oh yeah. He's exactly what they want from a, a talent perspective. He he's a very good running back. He's, he's a starting level running back, you know, but the reason he is where he is is because of that uh, off-the-field uh, problem in Kansas City. People forget how good he was there. Uh, so that's one thing that you have to obviously get uh, the all-go, the all-green from Jeffrey Lurie, so to speak, when you have some off-the-field issues you have to do with that are going to be drudged up again. You can bet about that in Philadelphia. But, um from from a pure football perspective, yeah, he's really good. I mean, and, you know, Eagles fans aren't going to like this, but you could argue he's better running back than Miles Sanders. I would argue he's a better running back than Miles Sanders. So from a talent perspective, um, yeah, he's really good.
4: You think uh, he's a better runner than Miles Sanders?
5: I think he's a better all-around player than Miles Sanders, is how I would describe it. Uh, he's a very good runner. As you mentioned, very good pass receiver. Um, out of the backfield, um, I have to look more into his past protection, uh, history. Most running backs aren't good at that in today's game, to be honest. But, um, my guess is he's better at that because he'd almost have to be. Um, but I would have to look more into that. Uh, he's a really good player, like I said. I, I mean, he's behind Nick Chubb's at worst, top three, to top four in the NFL. Um, and he might be higher than that. Um, he could start on the vast majority of teams in the NFL. Um, he's a very good player. Uh, he's exactly what the Eagles are looking for. It would create the Ajahi sort of blunt dynamic, although these two would be better, to be honest, than those two were, um, where... You know, if one gets hot, you play him. If the other one gets hot, you play him. And you ride uh, whoever gets hot at the right time. And it, it, it would create a lot of comfort for the coaching staff. I, I would say that. Now, how do you get there? I don't know how you get there. Because I don't want to give up a third-round pick for him. Because I don't, I don't think, you know, how he's good with the valuation stuff I always talk about. That's a little bit too much you've already given up, you know, you got a big donut hole, as I said in that middle, the middle rounds of the draft. I don't want to give that up. Uh, and you don't have a fourth round pick. So how do you get them? It might have to be a conditional four that turns into a three and I wouldn't necessarily even have a problem with that, but I just don't want to say here, here's the third round pick. Um, Because I don't think they have to. But if you don't have a fourth-round pick, how do you get
4: a fourth-round pick? Oh, yeah, trade Andre Dillard, uh, as you mentioned, either on a a one-for-one deal or you make the deal for Dillard, and then you turn around and use that pick in a swap. Uh, I just looked up quick. I didn't think he was having as good a year um, playing behind Nick Chubb. He's uh, usually a four-plus yard Per carry guy was upwards of 4.9 last year. Again, used significantly less because Chubb uh, certainly was their number one back in he was their number two back, but Kareem's down to four yards per carry, which isn't the neighborhood that uh, Miles Sanders is. Better catching ball out of the backfield. No argument there. He's been good at it since his Kansas City days into what he's done for the Browns. And we all know Miles has gone progressively backwards in his production as a pass receiver coming out of the backfield. But I'll, I'll stand by, I, I think Miles Sanders is a better runner than is uh, Kareem Hunt. And uh, if the Eagles go there, Uh, My only question will be, I thought Howie didn't value running backs. We we, we like to talk about what the Eagles value, what the league values – Oh, if they don't value the running back, then why? Why can't you get him for a fourth? All of a sudden, a guy worth the third, who isn't even a starting back for his team, is the value of running backs going up across the league, or is just the value that Howie Roseman is putting on it going up at at this time?
5: Well, no, I, I, I think there's, there's running back as a position. There's two ways it kind of goes, and the fact that uh, you don't. Think about them. You don't know, care about them until you need them. I talk about everything about this league. I, I talk about it with you going back in the offseason training camp. It's all passing game, passing game, passing game, passing game. Um, and then, you know, you you show up in January and you want to run the football and you say, hey, go run the football, guys. Now, the good thing for the Eagles is they have that offensive line and they can do it. Uh, most teams can't do it. Um but yeah, but when we talk about the value of the position, we talk about like Kareem Hunt in a different era would be worth the second round pick. You know, I it, it, that's what I'm talking about. Like the whole league is sort of—I don't want to use the word collusion because <laughs> they'll get in trouble. The, and it's not collusion from the sense from the nefarious sense, but the but groupthink is probably the better phrase. The the groupthink think around the NFL is okay. You can you know, walk down the street and pick up a rock and you're going to find a competent running back. So the value of those guys is, has dropped. Um, if you look at the best running backs, and I mentioned one of them and in, in, in Nick Chubb, uh, but Derrick Henry is, is the most notable in recent years. And obviously Jonathan Taylor, um, certainly last season, uh, was just unbelievable those those guys have an incredible incredible impact uh, on on games and, and and game plans but they still don't have the value of what they produce because the league has this group thing and that's what I mean doesn't mean they're not good players doesn't mean they're not important doesn't mean people don't want them but they don't have the value of other positions. When they talk about assets, when they go all Sam Hanky on you and they talk about assets and they treat people like, you know, commodities, it doesn't have the same value as a lot of
4: other positions. Well, Kareem month is a backup running back. Granted he'd be a starter on a whole bunch of teams in the NFL, but the team he's on, he's actually the backup running back. And he was a third round draft pick. If he's still holding third round value, as a backup running back who was taken in the third round several years ago, that's not bad value. He's holding his value, yeah. as a matter of fact, compared yeah. to other backs around the league.
5: Well, he he had obviously outperformed his third-round label. You know, he came in as a rookie and dominated uh, pretty much for Kansas City uh, and proved he sort of outplayed uh, that third-round tag, um, you know, smaller school not as in you know that plays into it um and then he had the issues as i said the off the field issues and that's why i was out of kansas city not because he wasn't a good player um and you know a lot of people if you go back to that a lot of people were saying at the time the eagles should take a flyer on him you know uh because he's going to come back at some point he's going to be a really good player again and it's happened, but people don't realize it as much because he plays behind Nick Chubb and they have that, that one two punch and um he, there's some hidden value there. If you can get him, there's some there's some hidden value. But I, I, I would focus more on Naheem Hines than than Nick Chubb. Um uh, excuse me, uh Kareem Hunt. I think that's a guy. You know, we see it with Zach Pascal. I mean you know, when Nick has his guys, Nick has his guys. And I guarantee you he's doing the Nick Sirianni pounding on the table. If he's available, as that rumor said, the pounding is happening. Loves uh, him.
4: But uh as the and, and the cult GM is 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 I don't think he's a Uh, Dominic, yeah, he's not going to be able to rake Cowie Roseman over the coals, but he's going to try because if he knows that Nick Sirianni is uh, very motivated. Well, that guy's got a
5: great reputation. Hasn't lived up to it, but Chris
4: Ballard, uh, people around the league swear by him. Swear by him. Uh, and and I get that. His reputation is what it is. And then there are the results. And the results haven't matched Ballard's reputation, is the point I'm trying to make. Uh Jody McDonald with John McMahon. Oh, I see our first guest in the waiting window. We will be joined by Mr. Ed Kratz. He's gonna jump in with us next here on a undefeated Tuesday edition of Birds 365.
6: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers, go for the hit, and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com
7: to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why.
8: The greatest fans on earth.
0: Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
9: Philly sports fans, I'm Tom Giordano from Pond Lee Hockey Giordano. First and foremost, thank you for watching the Pond Lee Hockey post game show. But right now, we're giving away tickets to the World Series. Follow Ponley Hockey on Instagram and check out our post for your chance to win tickets to all three Phillies home games. Go, Phillies, and go, Birds.
4: Edition of Bird 3658. Thanks for streaming in with us, Jody McDonald, John McMoon, and our next guest who I'm checking the Eagles injured list yesterday, and it's a projected Eagle list because they didn't really practice. And there he is right there with uh, signified as rest was Ed Kratz. He got <laughs> rest yesterday, huh? Kratzy?
1: Hey, There's no rest for me, Jody. Come on, I'm 24-7, man. I'm locked in all the time. There was no yeah.
5: Maybe Short you week. Rest.
2: Short week,
5: happy. you can't rest on a short week. Ed, Ed, right. said. I got to get better on a short week, and you know? there's no time to do it. There's no yep. time to do it, as I said. Ed saw it, Ed saw the spill. Ed was uh at ground zero, the spill, uh, Jody McDonald. So, I got to get better on a short week. The question is, are the Eagles going to get better? on a short week Ed Kratz. trade deadline day we're finally here uh a lot of a lot of a lot of smoke about running backs are you going to see something from howie roseman before four o'clock this afternoon uh
1: robert quinn's not enough for everybody i mean you know we're going to get greedy and try to get another oh, guy here greedy williams maybe it's greedy williams because yeah, yeah. everybody is greedy everybody's <laughs> greedy well that's where i think they need to turn their attention is to that to that secondary uh more specifically safety i don't know what what they could get there i mean you know chuck clark i don't think the ravens are going to trade chuck clark you know they're they're adding pieces acquiring roquan smith um i saw david ajabo the 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 the, uh, rookie that uh, tore up his knee on a pro day he's close to being activated so you know you're not going to get chuck clark you know what about jesse bates for the bengals you know they got hammered Against the Browns on Monday night, I oh, that,
5: you're getting really greedy. I know right. you're not going to get. Yeah. I think
1: if you see anything, it's going to kind of be like a low level move. Um, you know, maybe you get John Abram from the Raiders, but that's where I think you know you really need a third safety, in my opinion. I I don't understand why everybody wants a running back or, or thinks they're going to get a running back. Um, it could happen, but they like their running backs. You know, you have Miles Sanders who's going to mm. get. The Lions share the carries. They love Trey Sermon, who they got on waivers from the 49ers. I mean, you know, I think they're okay with the running back spot. Where they could really need help, really use help, is at the safety spot or even a a veteran corner um, to kind of back up Slay and Bradbury should something happen. Um, but I'll be surprised if they make another trade today. I mean, Maybe they trade Dillard. Um, I don't think they will. I thought Brett Toth would be ready to go by now, but they haven't even activated his window. He would, in theory, be the backup left tackle to Jordan Milata, but you know, at this point, they may just hang on to Dillard too uh, and then see what happens at the end of the season. If they lose him, they probably get a comp pick for him. Uh, If they lose him in free agency. So I I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I I think Howie will try, but I'm not sure there's really an obvious deal out there to be made.
4: Didn't the Eagles get the veteran backup cornerback that they needed via the practice squad yesterday with the (laughs) huge Javelin Gidry signing? Great name.
5: Great name. I'll give him that. Great name.
4: Uh, and last year, I remember uh, Gardner Minshew making plays against him in that jet game. Uh, no, I, I'm not a big javelin guy, but he's a veteran. He's been around. I think that's more of a we got to cover our butt because of Josiah Scott. Anything just as far as numbers go on the roster, on the practice squad. Uh, javelin Guidry isn't playing for the Eagles this year, is he? uh i would say it's probably a
1: long shot but yeah josiah scott's a guy who that's an underrated injury who knows how serious that is nobody even asked nick sirianni about him on monday it was more the focus was on well we only
5: had five minutes and it was over (laughs) short week john it's a short week he's got everything (laughs) boy these guys are ridiculous with their short week stuff i mean come on do your 15 minutes do your 15 minutes (laughs) i'm just bitter because i didn't get a question. He had to take a Trick or treating, you know, circuit alley at the Eagles. Don't hop me again.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I got the rare question in, I, I, (laughs) you know, usually it's me that gets skipped, but anyway, uh, that's (laughs) there. Uh, I, you know, Josiah Scott, that's interesting. I mean, you know, his injury could factor into what they do today. I I don't know anything about Javelin Guidry. You just kind of enlightened me there, Jody, as far as, you know, you seeing him play last year, um, He's a Jet.
4: He was nothing special. The Jets' defensive backfield. We saw that was,
5: uh, defensive backfield.
4: It was not the Eagles, good last yeah. year. There's a reason they talked to Sauce Gardner as high as they did, and they were lucky to get him because he's a big-time player. But, uh, yeah, if Gidry couldn't come even uh, make this team coming into the season, it tells you that he did not perform all that well, and I didn't think he was that good a player. He's been around, so if you like the veteran aspect of it, that's fine. But – uh, I think he's a guy who will spend uh, whatever time he is as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles on the practice squad. I don't think there's any way he gets activated.
5: Yeah. Well, you're, you're right though, Ed, in the fact that uh, Josiah Scott's a little bit underrated that injury, not only because she brought up safety on the trade market. And we'll talk about that in a second, but he plays safety as well. He can play safety. So he plays nickel corner. He can play safety. So you kind of lose two backups in one, if you don't have Josiah Scott, and you know, Jody's right. You put a guy on the practice squad, you're kind of crossing your fingers. We need a body there. The Eagles are saying, but we don't want to use them. And these injuries, Jordan Davis is the first one. Um And obviously Nick with his competitive advantage, yada, yada, it's not going to admit uh, the seriousness, but, did say he's not going to play on Thursday, pretty much didn't even go that far, but said presumably he's not going to play on Thursday. He's not, in case anybody's wondering. Um, There are certain positions that the Eagles can't afford to lose. And we just mentioned a couple of them, Uh, but Jordan Davis is also one of them. You can't just, I see a bunch of people on social media. Well, you just plug in Milton Williams. They don't play the same position. Not even close. I mean, He's the nose tackle. He's the zero technique, the one technique. They don't have an obvious player to put in for Jordan Davis, and that affects their ability to toggle from those five-man fronts, those four-man fronts, back and forth. You could stick Marlon T in there, Marlon Tui-Pelotu, but it's not going to be the same, Ed Kretz.
1: Well, yeah, nobody's going to be the same. And, you know, I've seen people on social media wondering if they're going to trade for a D-tackle. Um, you know, I don't think they would go crazy there Um, because Davis is going to come back this year. Oh, yeah. It's a
5: four week injury. but basically. Yeah.
1: I mean, it kind of stunts his growth a little bit. Listen, I think he was ready to take off as far as his snap count goes. He had played 19 snaps already in that game against Pittsburgh before he got injured with 320 left to go in the first half. He had 19 snaps already under his belt uh, you know, we were looking at a pretty heavy snap load for Jordan Davis on Sunday. And I think, you know, in talking to Jonathan Gannon a little bit, uh, I think that was kind of the plan was they were going to come out of that bye week and they were going to up his snap count a little bit. And now he's not going to have that. He's going to come back. He's going to be kind of back to square one, uh, when he does return. So, you know, it's a big loss. There's no doubt. I mean, Marlon T was the guy that filled in for him. Uh, he was kind of second team throughout the summer. He's not jordan davis not many are let's face it nobody's six six three forty uh who can move their feet like jordan davis can so it's a loss no question um i wouldn't be surprised if they activate or uh, elevate um marvin wilson from the practice squad for thursday night's game another body uh you know to throw out on that defensive line to to get a few reps uh he had a very good summer good training camp um but he's, again, he's not Jordan Davis either. But what defensive tackle in the trade market are you going to bring in? You're not going to make a big move. I love the Steelers. The Steelers have some guys that can play defensive tackle. I love that Isaiah Loudermilk, a backup. You're not going to get Cam Hayward. But if they make a move, it'd be the, nice
5: I, to get Cam Hayward. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, that's not awesome. Gonna happen.
1: But that's not going to happen. But, you know, maybe you make a trade for a lower-level D tackle who can come in and maybe, you know, play five to ten snaps each game to kind of give you a different look up front. Um, But more often than not, you know, more likely than not, I should say, I think they'll probably just elevate uh, Marvin Wilson from the practice squad. And, you know, he still has all three elevations left. And, again, getting back to Josiah Scott – you know, he was very valuable filling in for Avante Maddox in the slot when Maddox missed yeah. two games with the ankle injury. Uh, Andre Shacheri is a guy that can kind of play both safety. They were cross-training him at safety and slot, but he's at a practice squad elevation. So if they were to make a move with Scott going on the IR, I don't know how serious that ankle is, but maybe you, you know, you bring up Andre Shacheri to fill that that spot on the fifty-three. So yeah, I think it would help team- on
5: special teams as well. Absolutely. I
1: could use help there. But I think you'll see some kind of move. I mean, I know it's a short week, but I think you'll see some kind of a move, uh, you know, of significance this week as far as the the, maybe the roster goes. Maybe you get an addition. And again, I think Wilson comes up as an elevated practice squad guy. All
4: right. I want to run this by both you two guys. Uh, John and I haven't touched on this yet. So I want his take. But you first, Ed. Um, We live in a different era. All three of us guys have been around long enough covering the league. And we did so before social media existed. And we now have social media, which can give you extra information and a better way to know certain things going on around the league. But it also can leave certain things in question. A.J. Brown uh, yesterday decided to take to Twitter to tell the world, the media here in Philadelphia, the fan base here in Philadelphia, that he was randomly drug tested. And he did so with a little bit of a dig mentioning Roger Goodell by name that this isn't as random as they think it's right after I have a three touchdown 150 plus yard game. Now you need to test me and you don't know you can't pick up nuance with social media you don't know if he's doing it with tongue implanted in cheek and he's going for a laugh. Or if he's actually kind of ticked off and and is suggesting that, yes, the NFL thought, oh, this guy's got to be taking drugs because he's having this kind of game. You don't know the way it comes out. But every eagle's been tested this year. That's the National Football League. Those are the rules. And the first one who's needed to go to social media and comment on it was A.J. Brown. Am I even getting my panties in a twist for no apparent reason here that he was just going for a couple of yucks? Or uh, should we tell AJ, yeah, just uh, do do what you're supposed to do here in the NFL. When you got to take a drug test, you got to take a drug test.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was really no context to that tweet. Like, had he right. been tested, you know, in August, September? I mean, had he been tested at all this year? I mean, I, I don't know. I, th- I don't I didn't really think too much of it. I just thought he was kind of, you know, he's pretty active on social media. You know, he puts stuff out there and. Maybe he was just having a little, a little fun. I mean, you know, getting to know AJ a little bit these last couple of months. I and mean, he's a pretty, he's a pretty good guy. He's a pretty straight shooting guy, I think. And, uh, yeah,
5: he is. Yeah, he is. He's, he's a very good guy. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. As far as the Roger Goodell part, that, there's one thing I can guarantee. He's got no freaking idea who's getting tested on a day to day basis. I mean, that part of it's kind of silly, but hey, that's what the fans think. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, sort of similarities there when, Oh, Roger Goodell is, you know, like he's sitting in this basement telling <laughs> Jane Skinner, get, Hey, get AJ tested. He's having a great game. I mean, yeah, <laughs> come on. That part of it's silly. Um, you know, the randomness of it. Uh, hey, your numbers up, your numbers up. Uh, um, but you know, A.J. gets a because A.J.'s swole Batman, right? So my thought yeah. process behind that is A.J. gets a lot of that in his personal life. Like, people question because he looks like, you know, looks like he's carved out of a freaking marble slab. Uh, so people assume uh, he's doing things he shouldn't be doing. I think it's got that more to do with that. So he's probably a little bit sensitive about that. That would be my guess is why... But I guarantee you, Roger Goodell has nothing to do with low level. Come on, he's above that. That that part of it's yeah. silly.
2: Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and I'm sure it's not the first time he's been tested. I mean, come no, on. he yeah. gets tested every year. Everybody yeah. gets tested yeah. every year.
5: So he's been through it before. But I think he's just having
1: fun. To be honest, yeah, he's, he's in a great mood, man. He's loving this team. He's, you know, he's, he even said everybody's having fun. You see Kelsey wearing the Batman mask on the sideline these touchdown celebrations that the team has uh, carved out, you know, they're in the end zone dancing on their own to steal something from the Phillies. They're dancing with each other. Yeah. Um, you know, they're having a good time. And I just think that was part of his, you know, continuing to have a good time and poke fun at Roger Goodell in the league. Do
4: you think part of it was, and again, maybe I'm overthinking this. And I said it here on birds Three Sixty Five. said last night on WIP, the pointing the finger at the D backs and the 15 yard penalty, Come on, I get it. There there was a play that uh, came down later in the day. Uh, the kid from Carolina, DJ Moore, makes a touchdown pass, gets it tight, takes his helmet off. You got no choice. You have to throw the flag there. It really put a damper on that game, but that's obvious. You can't do that. There's subjectivity to the whole celebration flag after. And he did a little point thing and they threw the 15 yards at it and yeah, I thought it was uh, over adjudication by the NFL. Do you think that's why he went there and decided to add Roger Goodell's name to the tweet because he was actually ticked off that he got the 15 yard celebration penalty?
1: Man, that, yeah. I, well, you know, that's really digging deep. I mean, I just think he was caught up in the moment. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, maybe that was still sitting in his crawl and he wanted to get something out there on social media. That's what I was thinking. Could, it, you could be right, but I mean, yeah, you you can't point to people. Can't That's point, a yeah, you can't point. Very definition of taunting, yeah. and
5: he yeah. did not just once but twice he pointed to both those Steelers. Now, if he pointed, he pointed to the stands ones. and did like a one-two thing, or he would have <laughs> been fine. But the fact that he pointed, it's a dumb rule. I I'll agree with you there, but it is what it is, and you know, I, I, the the thing I was most impressed with AJ, and I said this yesterday on the show, Ed. You know, he was the first guy on the podium after the game. And he didn't want to talk about his good plays. He wanted to talk about his bad plays. He dropped the the one pass over the middle. He got caught, not a bad play, but he got caught from behind. Uh, And he said that's never happened before in the NFL to him. Um, And he was upset. He was legit upset. And he's coming off a game where he's got – Um, a career high in receiving yards, a career high in touchdowns, and he's worried about the plays he didn't make. I think that's – I talked about, you know, Cincinnati losing to Cleveland. That's another example of why the Eagles are so good. They don't have those games. They don't lose to teams they shouldn't lose to, at least to this point. I think A.J. is another indication of why they're so good. They're not celebrating what they're doing. They're upset about what they're not doing. Jalen Hurts constantly does that as well. That's probably where they take their cues
1: is right from the quarterback, right from their leaders. You know, they see Hurts or hear Hurts doing it that, you know, he's never satisfied. You know, we talked to Landon Dickerson in the past. He, he could play the, you know, he could grade out. 100%. Oh yeah. Landon
5: thinks he's the worst player in the world. Yeah. yeah and yeah.
1: And again, another former teammate of Hertz's at Alabama. I mean, you're right. That's that's kind of uh, and you wrote about that, I believe, you know, is that's kind of one of the secrets to their success is they don't you know, they're never coming out of a game completely satisfied, even though I think that was the most complete game they've played against Pittsburgh. None of them were overly happy with what they did. They were happy, but they didn't come out and say, yeah, what a great game I had and this and that. And I think they take that cue from Hertz. I think Jalen Hertz it, it kind of starts it and it trickles down. We see Landon Dickerson do it, but he has a history with Hertz. So, you know, I think you have to credit Jalen Hertz there for everything, you know, you credit him for on the field. I think there's a huge piece to his leadership that's off the field as well. And that's, that's probably one of them is he'll come in the locker room and he'll tell guys, Hey, we still have the meat on the bone. You know, that's one of the favorite sayings left some meat on the bone and, you know, some money on the table, all those cliches. But, yeah, I mean, that's how Hertz feels, and his teammates
4: feed off of that. All right, Ed, part of what we do uh, as members of the media, certainly we analyze and put in perspective things that have already happened, but we also like to look ahead and kind of guess and project and predict what's going to happen, so I'm going to ask you to make a project Prediction. What will Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon say today when asked about why he didn't get either backup cornerbacks or backup linebackers into the game in the fourth quarter in the last couple of minutes when the offensive coordinator kind of emptied out his bench, got his offensive line off the field, got Miles Sanders, got Jalen Hurts off the field. But the defense, other than the usual rotation of the defensive linemen, Stayed out there for the entire game. What will be Gannon's explanation when asked, why didn't he give some of his backups some run in the blowout on Sunday?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, first he'll say happy Tuesday, everyone, you know, because that's the way he'll <laughs>
4: is after happy Tuesday. I yeah, hope he is happy because he's going to have to face that question. McMullen better ask it if nobody else does, by the way. Um, but if it has to be you, Ed Kratz, so be it. What will Gannon say about why he didn't get some of his guys – into the game after it already been decided up by more than three touchdowns.
1: Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I was surprised N'Kobe Dean didn't see any reps at all. I mean, you know, you're, when you're putting in your sub, Uh, offense or second team offense. Yeah. I, I thought Dean would certainly come in. And that's a good question. I, and I'm not sure how much of that decision was his, that might've come from, you know, the CEO, Nick Sirianni himself, like, Hey, you know, let's keep this team off the scoreboard. Let's keep. Is that why
4: Sirianni only did five minutes yesterday? He didn't want to field that question. It was his decision to not put the backup defensive guys in.
1: It it may were. I mean, listen, he's the one that's make calling all the shots, right? That's why he doesn't call the plays during the game is because he likes to be involved with all three phases of the, of the game. So it could have been his decision. Let's keep our foot on their, you know, on the back of their necks or whatever we, however you want to say it, let's keep, keep them off the board. Let's keep our uh, points per game. And you don't
4: really buy that. Do you? Well, I mean, Shane I do goes to him and says, listen, I want to get some of our starters off the field. Yeah, go ahead. Gannon goes to him and goes, I want to get some backup. No, 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 no. We need to keep our starters out there. You don't really believe that uh, the head coach would do something like that, do you?
1: Well, well who, who are the backups, though? I mean, I, I guess, like, Milton Williams and Marlon T, the backups, they already no, played. No, we're,
4: ta- we're talking to Kobe Dean and we're talking Zach Mack. The, yes. the, the number one backup corner and the number one backup linebacker.
1: So, those are the two for sure. Now,
4: Mac, Zach Max
1: got a big role on special teams. You know, he made a great play down by the well, goal. He so I think he did.
4: plays like every snap.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'm think talking were like, about
4: from the line of scrimmage. I'm not talking about special teams. Both of those guys could have used some run in the game in the fourth. Yeah, and I'd add Kayvon
5: Wallace as well. You know, he needs reps. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. It's,
1: it's interesting. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just because they want to protect their points per game. They want to be, you know, one of the top five defenses in the league. Their offense already put up. Well, I hope that's
5: not the case. Yeah, I don't think right. that's the case, but, yeah, I, right not, but I hope it's not the case. Um, You know, I think the dichotomy brings up the, the point. I don't have an issue with it. If, you know, Gardner Minshew's not in the game. They took out the whole offensive line except for Landed Dickerson. Britton Kobe's even getting some reps at receiver. Um, Cubby, I always say Kobe. One day I'll get it. Um, it, it, it. So there was that dichotomy. And obviously defensive line doesn't count because that's a rotational position to begin with. But um, the back seven, everybody played. It was kind of weird. Uh, and, I, and I will be interested to hear Jonathan Gannon's thought process behind it. Um, you know, if you get a chance to get your guys a breather, especially on a short week. Right. Um, and those guys play a lot. You know, Epsi and and, and Chauncey, and, uh, you know, they're healthy. They're playing the whole game. TJ's playing the best majority of the game. Um, obviously, the corners play the whole game if they're healthy, um, and Slay and Bradbury, they're veterans. You know, why not get Zach McPherson? I think it's a legitimate complaint. I do. Um, I don't think it made a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, you're, and, and those guys all played 100%. That's secondary, except for Maddox, yeah. played every single snap, and even Maddox played a lot of snaps. But I'm a, I guess you could have played McPherson in the slot. Yeah. Um, but really, what other corners did you have available?
5: Well, that's part of it, play- Josh. Uh Job was hurt. Uh Josiah yeah, Scott was inactive. uh Frankenship was inactive. got hurt in the in the game. So maybe corner. Uh they didn't have a lot, but Zach should have been out there wherever. It might have been for Slay or Bradbury, whichever, more likely Slay. But yeah, you only had the one guy. Uh he should have been out there. Um yeah, I would
1: argue more for Dean than I would yeah, Zach. It's,
4: it's those two guys. And anything more yeah, yeah, yeah. that, they had some injury issues. They couldn't get it done yeah. when John made the point, I read this day. I didn't even realize this. The Eagles only have one player who's played every snap from scrimmage this year, uh, their side of the ball. And that's Epstein. He yep. has not been off the field for one defensive play all year long. And God bless him. He's staying healthy and he's doing a nice job, but he can't get a playoff somewhere along the line. Come on, JJ. You can run this guy into the ground. Well, there's nothing wrong
5: with that. I mean, Mark Malcolm Jenkins went years without taking a playoff. Uh, you know, it happens all the time at certain positions, but most NFL games are competitive. You know, there aren't a lot of teams that can afford to take their good players out of games. And even if they're ahead by 13 points in the fourth quarter, we see it all the time bang, bang, you're all of a sudden you're losing. But the Eagles have these, you know, and they've been, you know, people have complained about the Eagles, as dominant as they've been. Well, they didn't do this. They didn't put their foot on their throat and all that. It's very rare you can feel comfortable taking your uh, your really good players, the players you count on, out of an NFL game. But here was an, a clear game where you could have done that. And they did it. That's the part that, that magnifies it, Ed. They did it on the offensive side. They didn't do it on the defensive side in the back seven. That part doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, it's maybe it's a different mentality. The defense is let's not give this team anything. Let's just keep them down. Keep you know we don't need to put our backups in. Let's just keep doing what we're doing and running running our guys out there and and not give them you know any space to get up off the canvas. And offense was offense was different. Thirty five points. That's you know you got that locked up. So. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a different mentality of uh, of players or, you know, both sides of the ball. So, uh, yeah, that's certainly something we can dive into with Jonathan later today and ask him his thoughts.
4: Yes. On a a Tuesday, that's one question I'd like answered for you beat guys. You're very good at what you're doing. You need to get at least J.G. on the record of saying nothing which yeah. is what I think he's going to do. I think he'll pull a Sirianni He'll dodge the question as best he can. It's probable that the uh, Jordan Davis is not going to play on Thursday. There's no blanking way Jordan Davis is playing on Thursday. But no. Sirianni will not give you that information until he absolutely has to. And I wouldn't be surprised if Gannon tried to dodge it as well. Um, Kareem Hunt, is he going to be an Eagle within the next six hours, <laughs> uh, Mr. Kratz? Do you think that uh, the Eagles – will and should be targeting a running back at this time. Uh, if they get him, I'm not going to complain, depending on what the price is. Uh, just one more weapon for Hertz is not a bad thing, but I don't think it's a necessity for the Eagles to have a running back. Do you?
1: No, I don't. I really I really don't. And um, I think he's just more of a headache, to be honest, he, not because of you know h- him as a person, but just the situation. You know, he's – his contract's up, Miles Sanders contract's up, Boston Scott's contract up is up. I mean, Naheem Hines could be a possibility for the Colts. Everybody seems to think he's gonna get traded. And he makes a little more sense, to be honest. First, his contract yeah. he signed. And Nick loves he, him. Nick, Nick loves right. him. Right. I mean, he loves Zach Pascal, who we had in Indianapolis. He loves Naheem Hines, who we had in Indianapolis, and his contract. You know, you look at the contract, he signed through next year. Now it's probably a higher number than what the Eagles would want to pay. I think he's do like a $5 million base, if not more. I think he's got a salary cap hit of near $7 million. That kind of hamstrings you a little bit, but maybe you can kind of rework that. But, you know, when you look at the running back room, they don't have any of the running backs signed through next year except Kenny Gainwell and and, uh, and Trey Sermon, if you want to count him too. Um, so his he makes more sense to me than Kareem Hunt because of the contract, because of the history with, uh, with uh, Nick Sirianni, and uh, I just think that he he's probably more likely to get traded than Kareem Hunt. I guess they could, the Browns could, but that win Monday night gives them a glimmer of hope. Deshaun Watson will be back, will be back for them in three weeks. So you know, maybe you don't want to mess too much with your chemistry there in the backfield. But Naheem Hines, the the Colts are starting a, a rookie quarterback or a second year quarterback in Sam Ellinger. You know, they're probably more likely to want to get a draft pick but again what is Howie? what draft picks does how have yeah to he
5: doesn't have any yeah
1: you know he doesn't have a, a fourth fifth or a sixth you're almost looking at 2024 draft capital and, and is that enough or maybe it maybe you put dillard in the deal i again dillard's a good insurance policy to have so i'm not as sure he's going to be traded as i was maybe a week or so ago and i thought pret toth would be available but to answer your question i think i would look at Naheem Himes. Uh, more than I would Kareem Hanath.
4: Then, then let's play this out. If they were to trade for Hines, they get him for whatever draft pick it is. It does. Now you've got me mispronouncing it. Covey Kobe. Is he the guy who pays the price with the roster spot? Will they go four backs? Hines is a punt returner too. Right. And that's right. Certainly better than Kobe as well. Um uh, Does he grab his spot on the roster? How do you get Hines onto the roster and into the games?
1: It would probably come at the expense of Britton Covey, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, you could say yeah, Hines, Hines is better at returning punts, but my contention is the, the Eagles just don't really do a good job blocking up for when Covey gets the ball. I mean, there's not a whole lot of room for him to create what he gets. I mean, he got a five-yard return the other day. There was nobody blocking for him. So, you know, I think we've all been pretty hard on Covey, and, I, and you know, I say I love him. I, I love Covey. It. I like Covey a lot personally, personally. But as a yeah.
5: football player – Eh, you know,
1: right, but I, I think if you get Hines, then yeah, who who else would you, uh, you know, would you would you get rid of there? And maybe it's got
5: to come off the roster.
1: Maybe you trade him to the Colts, maybe you trade Covey to the Colts. Um, well, I think
5: from my perspective, if they were able to get Naheem Hines, and you're right, Ed, I don't know how you get him because you don't have a fourth, a fifth, a sixth round pick. So, right. I, right. I mean, Indianapolis isn't gonna, eh, we'll wait till 2024. Um, I, I, I don't think they will. And those generally, the way the league looks at that, it's not as valuable down the road. Um, but if they did, and, and how he gets inventive, maybe he trades Andre Dillard for a couple picks. Maybe he gets a pick that way and flips that pick to Indianapolis. Maybe he gets inventive. Um, if they get him, he's taking Kenny Gainwell's job. Uh, as far as on the field. Now they're not going to cut Kenny Gainwell. I would imagine Trey Sermon would be the one uh, out the door, hmm. but uh, no, he's taken he's taken Kenny Gainwell's job and he's taken Britton Cub, Cubby's job. He's taken both jobs, all in the yeah. field. I would I wouldn't move Gainwell or
1: whatever, cut him. I would. I think Boston, no, they're
5: not going to cut Kenny, but no, I, I think I mean, Boston
1: Scott would be the one to go, to be honest. I mean, maybe a trade game. Well, but, but Boston Scott to me he hasn't really shown that same explosion that he said. I know he hasn't had a lot of reps. He had seven carries against Pittsburgh for 21 yards, but um, to me, he's not a guy he's a, he, his contracts up at the end of the year. Uh, you know, maybe include him in the deal for Naeem Hines. I, I don't know, but uh I think Boston Scott would be the guy, not Kenny Gainwell. Again, G- Gainwell's still on his rookie deal; he still has value that way. But well, no, I'm not you know. saying
5: Ed. I'm not saying he gets cut, Kenny Gainwell. I'm saying he's losing his job on the field. He's no longer the third down back. He's just going to be on. He's going to be on the roster.
4: Going to be an inactive on. Some yeah, he's going right? to be. Yeah, yeah
5: he's going to be an inactive. He's going to be on the 53 man. They're not going to give up on him. I think Boston is the backup to Miles Sanders and I don't think that changes unless um they get Kareem Hunt um even if they get Na- Naheem Hines I don't I still think Boston remains the main backup to Miles Sanders so in other words if Miles gets hurt which he hasn't knock on wood but he typically has in years past and they need a running back for the the guy to carry the load for 2 3 games that's boston That's not going to be Kenny Gainwell or Naheem Hines. Uh, So you kind of flip roles. But Hines would be the third down back, the hurry up back that Kenny Gainwell is. That's kind of my take
4: on how it would shake it. And and I'll give you my Boston Scott take. Ed's got him potentially going out the door if the Eagles get a running back. Johnny Mack says he's number two. Oh, no, he's here for one reason, one reason only. They've got two games left against the Giants, and the guy flat out (laughs) owns the New York Giants. If they had already played the Giants twice, then Boston Scott's roster spot would be in question. But since they have yet to face the Giants, he needs to stay on this roster. All right, uh, Eddie Kay, you've got a 13 and a half point. It's now gone up to 13 and a half. Eagles are a 13 and a half point favorite in front of Houston. Can they just kind of like call the Texans and oh, go, listen, we really don't want to get on the flight. Would you just like uh, forfeit the game so that we don't have to actually play it? Is is this a no-local Well, that'd be great for me,
5: by the way, if they forfeit. If the Texans want to forfeit, feel free. Feel free
4: yeah that that's
1: a long flight uh,
4: I'm not looking forward to it till is it a blowout at is the question I'm getting at. uh I'm well
1: listen they could say good. hey why don't we just watch our baseball teams play in the World Series game five you know let's just take let's just take this one off you guys get the win and so be it I would love that but it's not gonna happen uh I think you know the short week could
2: sure. stop. it's
4: david it's David Thanks. Mills. The short week doesn't scare me. The Jordan Davis injury doesn't scare me. The Texans can't win How about
5: 1,500 miles? That's the only thing that scares me. These Thursday night games, you you know, it's one thing to have a short week. It's another thing to have a short week and be the road team. And it's not a trip down I-95 to Washington or up the turnpike to the Giants. It's 1,500 stinking miles away. That is a tough road trip but this team stinks ed i'm i'm just well uh,
1: i listen i i like some other their their player i mean they damian pierce really good rookie running back you know he could he could hurt you if the eagles aren't you know uh shutting down the run he could do some damage no jordan davis right i mean you know
5: short week (laughs) we're trying to come up with that
4: I'll, i'll i'll put the over under right now at 55 yards you're gonna take over on damian pierce at 55 yards this weekend
5: Oh, boy, that's a good number. Uh, I'm taking the over. I'll take, I'll take the, the over year. as I'll well. I take I'll the be. under. I Thank think that's you. how much Jordan Davis means.
1: Yeah, and, and I and I just think that's how the Texans probably see this game. Is we have to be able to run the football and then make some plays with Brandon Cooks. Now, will Brandon Cooks still be a member? He, of the yeah, Texans? he to be
5: traded by then. Yeah. He, he could
1: be traded today. So, but. You know, Terry Hughes
5: might be gone. Uh, Houston has a lot of people I'll, on the show. I'll tell you the,
4: the guy right. I'd like to see the Eagles get from Houston is Desmond King, the mm-hmm. safety slash cornerback. Veteran guy, been around a couple different teams, doable contract, more so than another running back, which we've over-talked today, but we've yeah. got seven hours until the trade deadline. So that's why we're talking about as much as we are. I'd rather see him get a third string safety, have somebody so. there as a safety net for safety. And Desmond yeah. King could I, do that. I
5: don't see that player out there. You mentioned Jonathan Abram. I don't think he's a fit. He's a box safety. They want coverage safeties, but we'll see. I mean, they need King, a backup safety. It, Desmond
4: King is corner slash safety. He's a coverage guy, Johnny Mac.
5: Yeah, maybe. They That's they right. need a safety. Uh, we've kept dead too long. I'll I'll, I'll, at at Kratz E, uh, follow him on Twitter, si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Read him there. Read me if you want as well to ruin your day. Um, and I'll leave it here. But let's talk about the guy the Eagles did get. Um, Lil Bird told me you get 15 to 20 snaps on Friday, got 20 snaps exactly. um so happy tuesday to him uh i wasn't impressed i wasn't impressed it looked like the same guy in chicago couldn't get off anything uh
1: he did have that one play that negated the sack that brandon graham had um it was interesting to see him and graham lined up side by side out there and graham got the sack but it was called off because of the hold against james bradbury so that was negated. But he was right there, and he was forcing the pressure from the outside that helped Brandon get home up the middle on that sack. So, you know, I'm not ready to say he had nothing left. I mean, he was pushing the guy back a little bit. He did have one quarterback hurry, um, you know, still trying to find his way on a new team. So I, I'm, not, I'm not discouraged. I'm not down. Well, oh, it, I mean, it is as far early. As, I think he'll be just fine uh, in a 20 to 25 uh,
4: uh, snap roll. And, oh, by the way, he'll be up to speed this week because he's got the entire week to practice. Oh, no, that's right. The Eagles don't have the entire week, and the Eagles don't practice. So uh, we'll we'll see. If well, he... nobody practices on these weeks.
5: Nobody. Right. I mean, right. that's part of the problem with Thursday night football. Houston's yeah. not practicing either.
4: Trust me. Eddie Kay, uh, we appreciate it. Whenever you do, come on. Thank you much for joining us today. Uh, with the hopefully Howie Roseman keeps you busy before the afternoon is over, and you got a uh, trade to uh, report on for uh, SI. Thanks for jumping in with us here on Bird's Three Sixty Five. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Congrats! Uh, always good to get caught up with special special Ed or special K. You can call me the one when he jumps in with us here on Bird's Three Sixty Five. All right, Mcmona McDonald coming back. Hour number two gonna have uh, our buddy Tommy Lawler. He's been on with us before. Former Eagle Beat guy, now does an Eagles uh, website, Eagles, I-G-G-L-E-S, Blitz. Tommy Lawler is going to join us in number, our number two. Come back with us, the Arm Burge 365.
9: Philly sports fans, I'm Tom Giordano from Ponley Hockey Giordano. First and foremost, thank you for watching the Ponley Hockey Post Game Show. But right now, we're giving away tickets to the World Series. Follow Pondley Hockey on Instagram and check out our posts for your chance to win tickets to all three Phillies home games. Go Phillies and go Birds!
0: Welcome to Pondley Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better... Lee hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win if you've been injured at work give Lee hockey a call
6: go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene Go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
10: It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no weight. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days.
4: We got Mick and McDonald. You're back on that, guys, here on Birds 365. Let me repeat it is an undefeated Tuesday because the Eagles are still undefeated, the only undefeated team in the National Football League. And if you're just uh, streaming in now, uh, Johnny and I mentioned this at the top of the show. Uh, both of us watched a little Monday Night Football last night since the Eagles were rained out. We got to watch the team that represented the AFC after scoring. 35. What did they score the week before against Atlanta? I know it was at least 35. <laughs> Might have been 40-something. Yeah, Bro that was had, a lot. Oh, had over 300 yards in the yeah. first half. Yeah, and went nuts. Yeah. You take one key guy out of the lineup, and all of a sudden, the Bengal offense looked very pedestrian last night, and they get beat by the Browns. Um, yeah, game, teams have games like that that you, you just don't see them coming. You don't, after the fact, have necessarily an explanation for it. The Eagles don't do that. They just find a way to win every single week. They haven't had a game where you say, all right, yeah, but they're still good. All right, they they, they let this one slip away. No, none, 7-0. Yeah. I have not done that yet this year. They scored it-
5: 35, uh, Jody, and Joe Burrow threw for 481 and three touchdowns. Jamar Chase, eight for 130 in two touchdowns. Um, and, you know, when it's guys like Chase and you see it with A.J. Brown, it's not even what they do. It's what they do for the other people. Because Higgins had eight for 155. Um, you know, they're, they're so attentive to A.J. Brown, you see it. And, and Dallas Goddard, by the way, as well, if you saw the Zach Pascal touchdown, that was all Dallas Goddard. That was all Dallas Goddard. Now, Shane Steichen deserves credit, too, because they ran that exact play early in the game, uh, the the, uh, the tight end screen. And Zach Pascal blocked for Dallas Goddard. And it was the same player. It was Terrell Edmonds of Pittsburgh. So it's in his mind. Oh, he sees the exact same play later in the game. Um, here comes Zach Pascal to block. Um, Jalen Hurts pumps the football. They everybody jumps on Dallas Goddard because they think he's getting the football. Go make a play, and Zach Pascal's by himself waltzing down the sideline. So the impact of certain players on other players. Trust me, if Dallas Goddard's not on the field and it's Jack Stoll and they're running that play, not going to work. Um, and that's the A.J. Browns of the world, the Jamar Chases of the world.
4: And I give, uh, I know some guys will hate the other this, Philadelphia uh, Eagle fans, Romo kind of called that play before it happened he, he, you guys might not have heard it because you're in no. the broadcast yeah movie. he's
5: very good with that stuff he
4: talked about the fact that the eagles were doing both were doing exactly what they wanted uh, when they needed to run the ball they ran the ball when they did pass the ball when they needed to throw short that they checked off all the boxes and he said they've got no idea what to do with their secondaries every time they bring guys down into the box the eagles beat them up the top all right so now you're back to two deep safeties eagles run the ball down their throat And sure enough, he said, and here come the safeties up in the box. Boom, there goes Pascal over the top. So uh, I got to give Romo credit for that. He did hit that nail right on the head, right before the play, not uh, as the play was going on or describing it afterwards. No, he said it before the play, and that's exactly the way that it played out. All right, Johnny Mac, before we get uh, Tommy Lawler up here in 10 minutes, do you want to ask about this? We started Joe talking about Eagle speculation. Now, we'll count down another hour off the clock, less than seven hours before the trade deadline. What are the birds going to do? What are the other teams in the NFC that are chasing the Philadelphia Eagles going to do? I'm not hearing any rumors about the New York Giants looking to upgrade. Just got beat this week. So they're now six and two. Cowboys won to get two six and two, but still two and a half games by the Eagles at this state. Well, one and a half because Eagles already had their bye. Cowboys have their bye this week. Um, the Minnesota Vikings are the only other team in the conference with one <laughs> loss. I'm not hearing anything around them. Uh, the other teams just acknowledging that the Eagles might be too tough to catch. And we're not going to give up future assets. Why aren't we hearing anything about the Cowboys or the giants try and the, and or the Vikings trying to add before the trade deadline.
5: I think you're going to see the Vikings do something. Um, Giants, I think understand. I think Joe Shane's pretty smart. Um, I think he understands despite the record, he does, but He's he's sort of rebuilding. They've just done better than people expected. And he's not going to ruin that uh, for a bit of a pipe dream, shall we say? You know, the interesting about Dallas uh, because they're the one team that I think is legitimately good besides the Eagles. Um, they don't. They never do that much, despite the reputation of, of Jerry Jones and and. Um, what he does, that's more off season stuff. Uh, they don't really do stuff at the trade deadline, but it'll be interesting to see if they try to add Minnesota. I think they've been looking for a tight end for a while. And now Irv Smith got hurt. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks. I think you might see them make a move there. Um, they also lost Alvin Tomlinson. So they need some help on the defensive line. I think that's the team that's probably going to make a move. um, but I, you know, I, I did get sent the um, last couple of years of um, trade deadline action. So I want to pull that up real quick while I'm talking to you. Um, it has been, you and I had talked about, so they moved it after week eight in 2012. So it's been a while. Um And it's increased the last couple of years, 2019. There were, there were eight deals during deadline week two on deadline day, 2029 during the week two on the day Uh, this year, uh, 2021, sorry, five during the week three on deadline day this year. There's already five uh, during the week and we'll see. So, But if you go back, say, five years, three in in 2021 on deadline day, two on 2020, two on 2019, five, 2018, three, 2017, there's never a ton, the high mark five in 2018, you're probably going to see two or three trades. And I'll tell
4: you I'll tell you one that would scare me a little bit, because I think it's kind of obvious. You, me, Eddie Kratz, and we'll get uh, Tommy Lola up here to debate it a little bit. What should the Eagles do? You're right. They've already gotten one piece by making the deal that they did for Quinn uh, last week. The Cowboys could really use a wide receiver. Um, I John Machado on my national show because I thought that was a good game on Sunday. I thought the Bears could hang with the Cowboys. They did for three quarters, and they just started coughing up the football on fumbles, and the Cowboys took advantage of it. Uh, the best defense player in the league picks up a fumble, runs it back in for a score. So give Michael Parsons credit. They're woefully undermanned at the wide receiver position. CD Lamb, who was supposed to have this breakout year, become this star wide receiver. Only has 556 yards receiving in eight games. That's not great. He's got uh, uh, three touchdowns. Again, not great. He was supposed to be their superstar wide receiver. All right, they lost some wide receiver. Not a problem. Michael Gallup will fill in. Missed a couple of games with injury. In five games, John, he's got 12 catches. 12 catches in five games for Michael Gallup for 135 yards uh, and one touchdown. Noah Brown, you scare Noah Brown scare you uh, as a wide receiver for the now, Dallas Cowboys. You know,
5: but I think some of those. Now I've been disappointed. I said it was C D Lamb. I I thought he was going to be one of the top ten receivers in football. I don't I don't think he's been that. He's still a no. good player, but I don't think he's been that. Um, and part of that, I mean, look, when when Cooper Rush was out there, the numbers are going to be down. Uh, they're going to get better. They're going to get progressively better Uh, with Dak Prescott in there. Their ability to throw the football is going to be better. Uh, So the numbers, but I'm not concerned about the numbers. I'm concerned about winning games. Like a lot of times we talk about it all the time. You know, if you throw for 300 yards in this league, you know, that indicates you need to throw and that's not always the best thing. Um Uh, when you're talking about winning football games. So to me, Dallas is about the same with the Eagles. Complimentary football. They have a very good defense, very good defensive coordinator. Um, If Dak Prescott is playing at a high level, they're going to be good. Um, So I'm not concerned with the numbers, but they got to get better. Um, And C.D. Lamb specifically has to get better. Uh, If he starts playing like he's supposed to, I think they're fine. But I don't know if that's going to
4: happen. It hasn't happened yet. Um, Yeah, but see, I would say the Cowboys' need for a wide receiver is more glaring than any need the Philadelphia Eagles had, including one that they've already filled by getting a defensive edge pass rusher. Well, I think all the Eagles – I
5: mean, and I think that talks to the Eagles – the Eagles are the best team in the NFC and the Eagles are right there with Buffalo and Kansas city as the best team in football. The Eagles don't have a lot of needs. I mean, and most of their needs are are luxury. We're talking about Robert Quinn. He's a fourth pass rusher. He's in the Derek Barnett role. Uh, We're talking about a backup running back. We're talking about a backup safety, a backup corner. Now the problem is, and this is football we said at the beginning of the show, any week, any week, somebody can go down. And if if the wrong guy goes down, everything changes. Everything changes dramatically, but you can't have everything. You can't have depth. You can't have all stars as depth at every position. It doesn't work that way. So that's where, and coaches hate this term, but that's where luck comes into it. And that's why I think Andy Reid's philosophy has always been the best philosophy. You you build yourself up for sustained success so you're in the dance every year. And if you're in the dance every year, eventually the stars are going to align and you're going to make a run and you're going to be healthier than other teams. That's That's the way you should do it.
4: But there's luck involved, Jody. Make no mistake, even when you're good. There's luck involved. My point is, if you're Stephen Jones and I'm Jerry Jones and Jerry is uh, allowing Stephen to make calls around the league and Stephen says to Jerry, yeah, no, value out there, what teams are asking for. No, we're good. If I'm Jerry Jones, going, we're good. The Eagles aren't. The Eagles are upgrading, but we're good. You sure about that, Stephen? You sure you want to take over the general manager job for me? Give me that phone. Let me see if I can upgrade this roster. Yeah, Jerry,
5: Jerry, that's why I bring up. Jerry does not have a history of doing a ton of stuff at the at the trade deadline.
4: And how, uh, how many Super Bowls have the Cowboys won in the last two and a half decades? Maybe, uh, they, should not a lot. Their, maybe they should rethink their process is what I'm saying. All right. Uh, quickie timeout coming. McMullen and McDonald here with you. Tommy Lawler's checking in next from EaglesBlitz.com keep it here on Street 365
6: go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
7: Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why.
8: The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
9: Philly sports fans, I'm Tom Giordano from Pond Lee Hockey Giordano. First and foremost, thank you for watching the Pond Lee Hockey post game show. But right now, we're giving away tickets to the World Series. Follow Pond Lee Hockey on Instagram and check out our post for your chance to win tickets to all three Phillies home games. Go Phillies and go Birds.
4: Mega Mac guys, McMahon and McDonald's here oh. on Birds 360 we've got a third colleague jumping into the mix with us here for the next 25 30 minutes uh you've got to check out his website eagles blitz that's i-g-g-l-e-s blitz.com has been covering and following the team for years tommy lola good enough to jump in with us tommy the only undefeated team in the national football league How impressed have you been with the Eagles? It's been a while since we had Yon, so we're going to do some catching up with what this team has accomplished. How impressed have you been?
11: Very impressed. I I don't see how anybody couldn't be. You know, the the team has a top-flight offense, a top-flight defense. Jalen Hurts is playing lights out. They're healthy. They're making big plays. They're not turning the ball over. You know, when you start looking at things to criticize on this team, you have to look – you have to really make an effort to find it. Obviously special teams kind of is the, is the area that jumps out, but even then those mistakes have not been uh, anything that came close to costing them a game.
5: Yeah. uh, Special teams is that uh, one bugaboo. We'll talk about that, Tommy, but with the trade deadline, uh, Coming up on us very, very quickly, the Eagles already made a move with Robert Quinn, so I'll start there. What did you think of the Quinn move, and do you think there's another shoe to drop from Howie Roseman before 4 o'clock this afternoon?
11: I like the Quinn move quite a bit. I felt like they needed to add another pass rusher. Uh, You know, when when Derek Barnett went down in in the season opener, he was not going to be a key player necessarily, but he was going to be a key part of the rotation. And you need to have, uh, in, in case Brandon Graham or Josh Sweat, somebody has an ankle injury, somebody has a shoulder injury, they miss a game or two, you know, you take those guys out and the Eagles get kind of thin with edge rushers. So to add a guy who's a proven edge rusher and somebody who has played in a similar scheme, he played for uh, Vic Fangio in Chicago uh, last year. So he knows, you know, we know that uh, the Jonathan Gannon runs the same of the same concepts so he knows the scheme, he knows some of the things they like to do, and the guy still has a good get-off, he has good bend. Uh, last year he showed he could still finish when he had 18 sacks. This year he's only got one sack, but he had been double-teamed a lot, and he had lost his two best defensive linemen from last year, uh, Akeem Hicks and uh, and um, Khalil back. So teams yeah. just shut him down and, and, and dared the rest of the Bears' defensive line to make plays. He couldn't do it. So now he comes to the Eagles, and he's a complimentary piece. He comes off the bench. He's going to have fresh legs. He knows how to make plays. And, you know, if, if you uh, – I, I went back and rewatched the Steelers game and seeing that defensive line in the second half, they had fresh legs. They kept attacking, and uh, those guys were able to continually pressure without having to blitz. They blitzed a few times, but it was by choice rather than necessity. And having fresh legs in the fourth quarter with your defensive linemen is really going to be critical down the stretch and in the in the playoffs.
4: Tommy, back-to-back weeks playing a team from the other conference and two very beatable teams from the other conference. We didn't know the Steelers were going to be as beatable as they were when the season started. The Texans have been bad, continue to be bad. Davis Mills doesn't strike fear into the hearts of any opponent. Short week, Johnny and Eddie Kratz both made the point that 1,500 miles and 1,500 miles, a bit of a flight to get there. There's not really a chance Eagles stub their toe this week in Houston, is there?
11: Not a not a likely chance. No. They're, listen, anytime two NFL teams are on the field, you never say never. Because you just I mean, you never know when when all of a sudden you're gonna have guys dropping passes, there's a a, a few bounces that go against you, what have you. But uh, the Texans, I I watched their game on, on Sunday. They played at four o'clock after the Eagles were done, and they were bad. They were you know they were the worst run defense in the league going into that game and then gave up like around 300 yards to the, uh, to the Titans and they're missing a key defensive lineman named Malik Collins. He's not supposed to play again this week. So the Eagles can just run the ball if they want to uh, the, the, uh, the Texans, you know, looked vulnerable in the versus the past. Now, obviously they, they, that wasn't the case on Sunday because uh, <laughs> the uh, the Titans had a rookie quarterback and just basically didn't throw the ball. They didn't throw a pass in the entire third quarter, and they still built a lead, and, and, and Houston knew what was coming and could not stop it, and that's kind of the very definition of getting dominated in the NFL, and the other team tells you it the ball's going to Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry just continues to drive through them, so I'm curious to see how the Eagles approach this game They go in and they they play physical and run the football or do they lean on the attack that they had from uh, from from Sunday where they threw the ball down the field and and wanted to get explosive plays and really build a lead. So uh, this is a game the Eagles should win. If they don't, we're going to have some really interesting storylines because some guys are going to have to really fall apart for them to lose this game.
5: Yeah, uh, you know, and that's the mark of a good team. Jody and I were talking about it, Tommy. You know, last night, Monday Night Football, everybody's assuming Cincinnati's finally getting it back together. Uh, you know, reigning AFC champions, they're going to have an easy time a bit with a struggling Cleveland team. The exact opposite happens. That, to me, is another example why the Eagles are so good. Things like that don't happen to the Eagles. Um there talk after the bye. I mean, um, and, 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 and Pittsburgh, a bad team, and and Nick Sirianni in one of his speeches You know, gave examples of these really good teams coming off the bye, laying an egg against perceived bad teams. The Eagles just blew their doors off. Um, I expect the same thing in, on, on Thursday night. You bring up an interesting point. Houston is dead last, number 32 of 32 in run defense. Everybody says on these Thursday night games, all the coaches say, Tommy, you sort of you fall back to what you are. What What's your identity? Because you don't have time to game plan like you normally do. You don't have time to practice. So what do you do best? You sort of fall back to your default setting. And to me, that's still the running game with the Eagles. And that sets up perfectly. It does. Great running game, number 32, stopping the run.
11: And, and and I don't even know how close they are to thirty one and thirty. <laughs> like they they were awful on Sunday, and um, so the, I guess the curious question here is going to be: Do the Eagles go into this and say, "Listen, we don't want to"? You know, th- they showed some interesting things against Pittsburgh, and uh, they, they did some plays they haven't done before. They they had a couple of tendency breakers against the Texans. You might be good enough to go out go out there, line up, and just run basic plays and win that game which is essentially what the titans did last week and if you can do that then you save some of your specialty plays and other tendency breakers for the games after the buy-in as you get into the stretch run especially against nfc teams and division rivals those are the kind of games you'd like to have you know play up your sleeve for so i'm I'm curious to see if the eagles go out there and they play aggressively or if they maybe are a little bit conservative let's let's win this game let's get through it We'll have an extra few days off and then we'll be ready for the, the second half of the season. And uh, so it, it's going to be interesting to see their approach, but this could be a game. You don't even need to look, to factor in a lot of RPOs, just hand the ball to 26, let him do his thing, feed the ball to boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, and if there's any new Eagles running backs, I doubt they would play on Thursday, but just feed the ball to the runners. Just let them do their thing. Let the offensive line pound.
4: When you've got a team that's undefeated, Tommy, like the Eagles are, you have to be impressed. But one of the thing that adds to how impressed I've been with this football team is as we sit here and talk about what they're going to do, what they did this past week offensively what they're going to do this upcoming week against the team can't stop the run. Eagles have a bunch of weapons and they've got a quarterback who's number 2 in the MVP conversation only behind Josh Allen. But Miles Sanders did have a very good day on, just didn't need to run them all that much cuz they were scoring touchdowns from deep chunk plays with AJ Brown. Not one guy this year has even hinted at in a quote. Yeah, and I think I could be doing more. I think I can get the football more. I think I could be given more responsibilities. They're all pulling the uh, row in the exact same way. We give credit to the coach for that. We just uh, truck that up for Sirianni. How much credit does Hertz get? The fact that these guys are following all his lead. Uh, they're undefeated, and they're also all in seeing it in the exact same way in the exact same focus who should be getting most of the credit for that
11: well it comes down to leadership and and there's multiple kinds of leadership chip, chip kelly said something years ago that i thought was pretty smart there's two types of leadership there's vertical leadership people that are above you the your boss your coach general manager and there's horizontal leadership people that have the same position as you but are just leaders. And that would be obviously Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham. They're, they're players just like uh, anybody else, but they're leaders. And, uh, you know, Nick Sirianni has the message of let's win one game at a time. Let's have a dog mentality. And then the players, the the, the player leaders bring that to life. And there's uh, there's great leaders on this team. I mean, you know, Jason Kelsey feels like a guy that, that every team in the NFL would benefit from having in their locker room. Uh, Brandon Graham with that infectious personality of his, you know, every day is a good day. Uh, Fletcher Cox is a leader in his own way. Uh, and, and you know, Darius Slate is a guy that, that we've seen this year as more of a leader. And so, you know, those leaders can get some of the younger guys, the newer guys to really buy into the messages. It's one thing for a coach to say something, but it's the players who take that message and then make it come to life and really buy into it. And Mike Tomlin obviously is a, is a really good coach. He's never had a losing season in the NFL. He's had some really good teams. He's won a super bowl. He's preaching a good message, but his players are not, obviously it's, it's not clicking with them because you see the players going to the media and saying, well, we're making mistakes. We've got issues. He doesn't have the same kind of leaders that the Eagles do. And so that, that message doesn't get, it doesn't come to fruition. It, It gets talked about but something's not clicking. It is with the Eagles, and we are, you know, I, you know, old, the old joke is that winning is the great deodorant, right? And so if there's problems in the locker room or guys aren't happy, when, when you're winning football games, you tend to say, you know what, I don't, you know, course Watkins, I'm sure, would love to have more catches than he does, but they're winning, so he's happy, you know, and I'm sure Boston Scott and Kenny Gainbow would love to have more touches, but they're winning, so those guys are not going to throw a, a fit about that stuff. Um, Yeah, you're right, Tommy. As long as you're winning, and and especially when you're winning, and there's a great vibe, you know, this team just seems to really like each other, and 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 that makes it easier too. We've seen dysfunctional Eagles teams in the past where winning wasn't good enough. No,
4: that never happened, Tommy. What (laughs) are you talking about? Dysfunctional Eagles never. I I think it. You know, (laughs) I think it's always
5: hard uh, to complain when you're winning because you kind of know you look like a, you know, what, yeah, if you're, sure. you know, if you're winning every week and you're like, Hey, why, why am, aren't I getting mine? Well, you mentioned some of those veteran leaders. I agree with you, but man, Jalen hurts is a big part of that And I, You know, he's 24 years old. This is his, you know, third season in the NFL. I would say he's like an old soul. He acts like a 15 a, a year veteran. Um, he never celebrates after these wins. He's always talking about what he left on the field. Um, I can't be more impressed with Jalen Hurts. You mentioned that dog mentality stuff. There are certain things Nick does, and I, I like Nick as a person, but I roll my eyes because he says it so much. Dog mentality, competitive sure. advantage. I roll my eyes. He said or very early in the process we would ask him you know, questions about Jalen, and he'd say, I don't know what his ceiling is, but he's going to reach it. He said that consistently because he works so hard. He, he's got such great attention to detail. He does everything he needs to do to be a better player every day. And that is a cliche that has turned out to be true. I don't know what his ceiling is, but if his ceiling is this, it's pretty darn good right now. If that's a ceiling, it's good enough. And he might get better, um, and that's pretty scary. You're an old-school guy, Tommy. You've been around. You've followed this Eagles team for a long time. They've been around for a while. And no other quarterback has ever won 10 consecutive regular season games for this franchise. Who would have thought in year three it would be Jalen Hurts?
11: You know, Yeah, I've been watching the Eagles for, for more than 30 years now. And in terms of leadership, he's the best Eagles quarterback I've ever seen. And I'm not sure it's even close.
7: Mm-hmm. You
11: know, he has. He, I, I've written this or said somewhere: if Bill Belichick was a quarterback, he'd be Jalen Hurts. You know, and you remember the after they won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, they had the Super Bowl parade, and Belichick started yelling, "No days off!" and Eagles fans giving him a hard time, this and that. That's Jalen Hurts. You know, if there's a Super Bowl, if, if this team goes on and wins a Super Bowl and they have a parade. The day after the parade, Jalen Hurts is going to be working on getting better. Uh, that dude is locked in. He, you know, being a coach's son, playing for Nick Saban in Alabama, and obviously his connection with Nick Sirianni, the two of them feel very much like kindred spirits. He's just a guy that really uh, he he wants to be as good as he possibly can, and he is willing to focus on that in a way that's we've just we've never seen it from a, an Eagles quarterback before. It's very rare quarterbacks you know young quarterbacks flame out all the time you go back to donovan McNabb's class and and i remember tim couch and a Cade mcnown they were both dating playboy playmates trying to yeah. live a good life right and both of them flamed out of the nfl in a couple of years you know you've got a guy like uh, uh, uh Jalen hurts and he is doing everything humanly possible to win games and he He takes Nick Sirianni's messages, which, oh, they they can be uh, just so cheesy and and football (laughs) cliche. There's no question. But he gives them life and helps those other players to buy in. And he is absolutely a critical leader on this team. And it's really, it's amazing to see such a young guy who has such maturity.
4: Both of you guys uh, correctly stated Hey, yeah, when you're winning, people just aren't going to rock the boat. They're going to keep not worried about what they're getting or not getting when the team's undefeated. And then there's Jody McDonald, who even though the Eagles are 7-0, and I had questions after Sunday's game. They empty out the bench for the offense, get the offensive line all out of there, get the quarterback out of there, get uh, Kobe out there for a couple snaps as a wide receiver. Yet the Eagles D backs and linebackers in that fourth quarter are both are all still in there taking plays. Why do you think Shane Steichen either determined and or was given permission by the head coach Nick Sirianni to get guys some reps and get guys off their feet as far as starters go? But the back seven of the Eagle defense stayed out there the entire time. What do you think Jonathan Gannon and or Nick Sirianni's explanation is going to be?
11: Well, first of all, there's only so many backups you can have. And so the Eagles don't have a complete backup secondary ready to go in. I was surprised that Nicobe Dean didn't play. I thought they would pull one of the linebackers out and put Nicobe Dean in. So that kind of caught me off guard. But, uh, you know, the, the, the back seven in a game where you expect the Steelers to be throwing the ball, the Eagles did have a, a comfortable lead. But you still don't want to give up a bunch of big plays. You still want to keep control over things. So I could see where they they left those guys in on the back side. You say the
4: same thing about the offense. You want to continue to put points on the board. You want to continue to get Jalen Hurts to throw it to A.J. Brown. No, it's Gardner Minshew throwing to Britton Kobe. Why why do you do it on one side of the ball but not on the other?
11: Well, there's a difference. So The key thing was getting the, the. you want to make sure that Jalen Hurts is out of the game. You don't want some freak injury hurting him. You want to make sure the offensive linemen are coming out of the game because they're going to have a short week and every rep they can every snap they can miss is going to have their bodies that much more fresh for Thursday. In the back seven on defense, if the other team's gonna be throwing ball a ball lot, they're not gonna be in as physically demanding a situation. You know, they're they're playing off coverage, they're keeping things in front of them, come up and make a tackle, and uh, so it wasn't like they were getting pounded on by a physical running game. It wasn't like they were playing press man coverage and having to really chase guys all over. They were playing kind of soft there and and just letting the clock be their friend. So I I don't mind it because, again, they didn't have a complete back uh, set of players to to, to replace everybody with. And I think they wanted to uh, make sure that there weren't major breakdowns. And all of a sudden the game did get close.
5: Well, I'll I'll play devil's advocate and I'll I'll join Jody's side here, and I think it's more than the Kobe. I think you're right. I mean, Josh Joe was out with a shoulder injury. Josiah Scott got hurt in game, but Zach McPherson was out there, um, and and he's played in the past, uh, at at outside corner, and they wanted to to get him some reps, and and Kayvon Wallace certainly needs reps at safety. So those three players, Zach McPherson, N'Kobe, Dean, Kayvon Wallace, doesn't player development factor into it? You have a chance to get these young players that you might need down the road.
0: Case God forbid
5: knock on wood. If somebody sprains an ankle, whatever. Isn't it important to get them reps when you can get them reps?
11: Oh, I, and I agree. I would have played those guys. I'm with you on that. I would have mixed them in. I mean, to me, the key was getting the linemen on both sides of the ball to get them out of the game. And sure enough, they did, you know, they, the, the defensive line was purely backups and it was really the close to the third string. Uh, the offensive line was backups and they got hurt out of the game. After you get all those guys out of the game. And right now, AJ Brown is the other guy you feel like we cannot risk. And so once they got all those guys out, everything else after that, it's not as critical, but, yeah, I wanted to see Nick Dean go get some reps and go see him play. And I, I would have liked to see Kayvon Wallace. He, he's not particularly looked good this season. So get him some reps. Let's see what he can do. So, I, I you know, that's a question for Jonathan Gannon on what he was thinking there. And uh, maybe they're just trying to make sure they didn't blow the lead. Maybe, who knows? I, I don't know what. Maybe they're going to play him on Thursday.
4: Tommy, here's the good news. Uh, McMullen got skipped yesterday in the Eagles press gathering. <laughs> so he's guaranteed to get a question today. And no, he is going no,
5: to, no guarantees today. He's going to
4: grill Jonathan Gannon about just that because his partner would like him to do so. And he kind of <laughs> owes me so. We'll, we'll get an answer to that question one way or the other. Or uh, Gannon will tap dance as best he can to not answer that question. All right. Uh, I want to use a phrase that John just used for you. Devil's advocate. The Eagles have been very good this year. They've been the best team in the National Football League. The Texans have stunk for a while now. They stunk last week. They've stunk all year. Their quarterback is not an NFL quarterback. It just, on paper, looks like a major mismatch. But give me the devil's advocate reason that the Texans have a chance to keep this close. And if the bounce of the ball goes just the wrong way for the Philadelphia Eagles, that they can actually lose this game. I'm, I'm asking you to stretch your imagination and come up with a way that this game uh, could end up with the Eagles taking their first loss of the year.
11: Okay. So the Eagles have been vulnerable to the run a little bit the last couple of games. You know, Dallas was able to run the ball on them. Pittsburgh was now with in the Pittsburgh game. A lot of those were like draw plays on second and 20, uh, uh, second and 16, and, and even late in the game when, uh, when when the Eagles were again playing a little bit soft and, you know, Pittsburgh's down 22 points and running the ball, you know, but, uh, but they have been somewhat vulnerable to the run the last couple of weeks. Damian Pierce, the rookie running back for Houston is outstanding. He has a tremendous talent, so if he busts off a couple of long runs, all of a sudden they don't need to have a long sustained drive. So let's say that you know we know James Bradbury, not an ideal tackler. Uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson occasionally will miss a tackle. If if Pierce gets in the secondary and those guys miss, maybe he goes and he hits a home run and he's got a couple of fifty yard runs, and all of a sudden that gets them some points. Uh, the other thing I think that kind of makes them dangerous uh, is that they got physically dominated by Houston or by uh by Tennessee and when you get beaten up and you know you get your nose rubbed in it right that's as a professional you got some pride and that pride's got to kick in at some point you say let's go do something about this and maybe this is the one week when they overachieve they you know they they go out of there and all of a sudden they catch the pass that they weren't catching they make the tackle they weren't making and it come up and then Davis Mills maybe he makes a miracle play or to th- heave the ball downfield somebody catches it you know you get a wild bounce a pass interference and you know, if the eagles just start dropping passes somebody sprains an ankle but it, it would take some weird stuff if on paper this is a mismatch i mean the eagles are favored by 13 and a half i think And that's just, you don't see those kind of lines in NFL games on a regular basis. So that tells you that the Eagles are are overwhelming favorites and it'll take some wild stuff for Houston to win this game.
5: You know, you bring up one point. um, The one thing, uh, well, besides special teams, but the one thing when you look at offense and defense that the Eagles have not done well is tackle. And I don't know if you're a, a PFF guy, Tommy, but according to them, they are the 31st best tackling team in football. So the second worst, only Jacksonville, um, even against Pittsburgh, a bunch of guys got really poor grades tackling. Sure. Uh, you mentioned some of them. Um is that going to be an issue at some point? I've been talking about it all year. And now that Jordan Davis is out uh, and he's going to be out, certainly Thursday, he's going to probably miss a few games here with a high ankle sprain. Um, does that become a bigger concern for you?
11: Yeah. yeah. Listen, the uh, tackling in the season opener almost cost him the game. Oh, I was terrible. Yeah. You know, they, that they, was the they worst. Won 30 yeah. to 35, but, they were just, and that's what Houston. Excuse me, Detroit. DeAndre Swift gashed them with some big runs. Now the difference is Detroit has a good offensive line. Houston's offensive line is is no. not that good. Uh, but Detroit was able to gash them with big runs, even when they were down twenty points, seventeen points. They was they were running the ball, and DeAndre Swift was just hitting the hole, and James Bradbury would be there to make the tackle and just whiff. Uh, and, and there was just some really bad moments from that back seven in that game. I think the tackling has gotten a lot better since then, but against Pittsburgh, it was sloppy and there've been some other games when it was a little sloppy. And I feel like part of it may be the, the, uh, the guys, when you watch them sometimes, I know this was the case against Pittsburgh. They're going in and looked at, they were trying to strip the ball. And the thing that coaches teach players is the first guy and secures the tackle. The second guy tries to strip the ball. Well, sometimes the Eagles have two guys trying to strip the ball and nobody's secure in the tackle. And you've got to get in front of that that receiver or runner, put your helmet into his stomach, wrap your arms around him, and then the other guy goes for the football, but wrap him up, get him to the ground or start getting him where he's going to the ground. Then let's go for the football. But it feels like sometimes the Eagles, they don't, you know, Chris Spielman, when he used to broadcast games, talk about bring your feet with you, you know, get in good position wrap up, have bad intentions, and get that guy down. And the Eagles do a lot. They do too much reaching, too much grab. When you watch that, that Claypool catch and run the other day where he, he breaks like three tackles and drags a couple guys with him, you need somebody to plant their feet, put a shoulder in him, and say no more. And that's something the Eagles have got to get better at because, yeah, it, it you know, Zeke Elliott gave him some problems with that. They were, he was making uh, too many yards after first contact, and that will hurt him at some point.
4: As a matter of fact, the week that tackling is going to scare me is about four weeks down the road when they play the Titans with that uh, King Henry guy. Oh, yeah, you need to tackle him. Otherwise, he just rolled through you for 200 yards like he did the Texans this past week. But that we that, just had to hope that he
11: got exhausted from running through Houston. <laughs> and uh, he, yeah. and he's not, you know, he, maybe he burned through some of his good energy in that game because that was something else watching him on Sunday.
4: If he ends up getting hurt the week before against Cincinnati, you know that the stars are aligning for the Eagles this year. If Henry goes out right before he's got to play the Eagles. All right. Last thing, Tommy, uh, we know Jordan Davis. Well, we don't know. Well, we're pretty damn sure. But the coach refuses to confirm it. Probably not going to play on Thursday. Probably going to miss some time. Um how do you think gannon handles it do you think they try and plug marlin in to do what he's doing knowing full well he's just not going to be as good at it as, as davis would be or do you think they'll go back to the defense that they ran more last year with a guy not over the nose as often as they did how do you think gannon will uh, rearrange things without jordan davis as part of his defensive line this week
11: i think he'll try a few different things you know you could always put Fletcher Cox at nose tackle, and then put uh, Milton Williams in the in the Cox's spot. Uh, Marlon to a Polo two. You could put him there, obviously. Uh, you you know, and you can mix him in. He he just had his best game of the, of his career against Pittsburgh. You know, you can see the lights coming on for him a little bit, and uh, he, he you know he's got a very good motor. He's tough. He battles, and I thought he used his hands well, and he got his first NFL sack. You know, he shed blocks a little bit better in that game. So putting him in, and to me, I I don't know why Sirianni's being so kind of uh, uh, evasive. Yeah, he's done that
5: all year, Tommy. He's done that all year.
11: There's very few complaints I have of Nick Sirianni, but the whole injury thing, if he's got an ankle sprain, put him on IR, get him out for a month, activate, uh, bring up Marvin Wilson from the practice squad and have another body up front if it's ankle sprain, you don't want to, you want Jordan Davis ready for the playoffs and for the next four weeks, you know, you can get by without him for four weeks. And uh, so to me, especially
5: when you look at the schedule and it's Houston and it's, it's Indianapolis. Well, Washington first uh, with, with Taylor Heineke. Actually, I think Washington's a little bit better with Taylor Heineke, Indianapolis (laughs) with uh, Sam Ellinger, you know, it's not murderers row. Yeah. Put him on no, IR. And,
11: yeah, you know, and this team is good enough to win without Jordan Davis. Let's, you know, he's a good player and he has a bright future. But let's not act like he's the reason they're seven and zero. This is not. No. If you if you lost AJ Brown or Jalen Hurts or, uh, you know somebody like that, we'd be talking a whole different story. But you know, to me, I, I I'm not really sure. The the again, that's just a, an odd thing Nick Sirianni does, looking for every possible advantage. But uh, I think Jonathan Gannon will experiment with a few different things and, uh, and try some different looks because he likes that, that 52 look and the 51 look where they play three down linemen, they have the two stand-up linebackers and then one or two linebackers inside. He likes those looks. They've been key fronts for the Eagles this year. So I don't think he's going to go away from them. So I think he's got to experiment. I think you can put Fletch at nose and then put Marlon there. And then again, if you, if you go ahead and put um, Jordan Davis on IR and bring up Marvin Wilson, he gives you another player. He's a, he's a big, strong dude who, can, who could be a natural nose tackle.
5: Uh, Should... If you get a, a text in the next few minutes, it's probably going to be Fletcher Cox saying, "I don't want to play the
4: nose." <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We just determined earlier in this interview nobody on Eagles complains. Nobody talks about what they are or aren't doing. Everybody is on the exact same page. So Fletcher, don't be the guy who's the first one to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, time out!" I'm not exactly. Yeah,
5: Fletcher's uh, smart enough to do it behind the scenes, but yeah, it exactly, will, it will be. Uh, uh, so it, it won't will be a
4: be text. Done mcdonald uh lawler or even McMullen will be getting no that'll be kept on the <laughs> on the down low for sure tommy we appreciate you jumping in with us always good when we get a chance to talk thank you much for doing it we'll uh, hit you up again next month
11: all right we'll see you uh, get uh, like uh, six and a half seven hours to the uh, trade deadline so see if anything happens and uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, whatever whatever happens over the next couple of weeks
4: Exactly. EaglesBlitz.com. I-G-G-L-E-S. Check out his Eagles website. Tommy Lawler, former uh, beat guy for the Eagles who still loves his birds and uh, always good to get him on to talk with us. All right. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. McMullen's looking at his watch. How many hours to trade that? Oh, that's right. I got to stay on top of this yeah, stuff.
5: You never know. Uh, yeah. You know the history of Birds 365, Jody. Where are we? 393? Five, uh, 395, we're only five
4: shows away from 400, J-Mac.
5: 395, if history, if, 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 if past this prologue, 10.05, uh, how he's going to make a move. Oh, Registered shoot, God.
4: that hasn't happened to us in months.
5: Yeah, yeah. It
4: was like a regular occurrence that the Eagles would hold out to just after the show ended to make a move, to, to make an announcement, whatever. They haven't stuck the knife in in a while, no. Johnny. No,
5: it'll yeah, it'll probably be later. It'll be near the deadline, but you know, it would be funny if he did it. What time,
4: uh, and the Eagles, much like Nick Sirianni, kind of keep you guys in the dark too as to when you're going to have your access. Uh, did you find out last night what time Gannon's going to be available? Uh, about
5: gonna... it was about uh, it was about four four forty. 4.45, right before Nick Sirianni talked to us for five minutes at uh, 4.50. Uh, yeah, don't even get me started on that.
4: Uh, so what time are the coordinators available today? Uh,
5: I believe Jonathan is going at uh, 1.15, and I believe Shane Steichen is going at 2.15-ish. Yeah.
4: Um, Do you believe that they scheduled them, which leaves the window open for a Howie Roseman availability at three, three thirty right uh, before the trade deadline? Yeah, what's
5: interesting. We asked when uh, Howie uh, traded for Robert Quinn, are we going to get Howie? And they said it wasn't in the plans. He usually talks to us at the trade deadline. So maybe they were asking about today. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, It's possible only if he makes a deal.
4: Um, and of course we won't have McMullen to give us all the answers tomorrow. Cause where are you gonna be tomorrow morning?
5: I'm gonna be on a, a big old jet airplane, Steve Steve Miller band in it down to Houston. Um, yeah. Um, yeah.
4: yeah uh, it is uh, what it is. You, you gotta do what you gotta do. Like just like us, we gotta do what we gotta do. Take our final timeout, come back, put a bow on the show here on Birch 365.
9: Philly sports fans, I'm Tom Giordano from Pomley Hockey, Giordano. First and foremost, thank you for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show, but right now we're giving away tickets to the World Series. Follow Pondley Hockey on Instagram and check out our posts for your chance to win tickets to all three Phillies home games. Go Phillies and go Birds!
0: Welcome to Pondley Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pond Lee Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
6: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit
10: Car Fest. And Jeff D. Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no weight. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff DAMbrosio, Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days.
4: guests with the Mecca guys today. All right, so you're heading over. You're going to hear from the coordinators. Maybe stick around. Maybe get a Howie uh, presser. Maybe you don't. Uh, put something up on Jacob Sports tonight uh, before you get on that big one. Oh, show. yeah,
5: especially, yeah, um, especially if something is done, and we'll see. And, I, you know, Howie likes to do stuff, so. Um, I'm, I'm betting on one more move for the Eagles. We'll see how it shakes out. You know, I know we got to leave real quick, Jody. I want to mention Adam Zimmer passed away today because, uh, you know, 38 years old or passed away yesterday. News just broke this morning. Had been working for the Bengals, um, uh, son of Mike Zimmer, really good guy, uh, longtime assistant coach and 38 years old, just terrible. Uh, terrible so wanted to send my condolences to the family and that's always a a difficult situation
4: good good job out of you j-mac because we do we get all caught up in uh what's happening on the field and records and super bowls and stuff like that but it is still a game played by people and from time to time we lose good ones uh j-mac good job i'm not gonna see you in two and two i'm not gonna see well two and two as in two days uh, Wi-Fi permitting from the hotel in Minnesota, right?
5: Uh, Houston. Uh, hopefully, I'm oh, not Minnesota. If, uh, okay. Yeah,
4: I'll be. I'll
5: I'm be. A, 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 I got a long trip down I-35 south if I got to get to Minnesota. To what,
4: yeah. What? Uh, what hotel uh, are you in? Remus or Romulus this week, or
5: is that uh, I'm in Houston. I'm in downtown. Downtown.
4: Houston. You got You're yeah. actually staying in the city.
5: Yeah, uh, all right. Three miles, and well, they, they should the have damn good Wi-Fi. And
4: you better be here on Thursday, buddy.
5: I will do my best,
4: and we will do our best. I'll be back here tomorrow with who knows. You're gonna have to stream in and find out on Birds 365.
3: You've been listening to Birds 365, <laughs> the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're